other question. Um, I know we have people in both, they go back and forth to different services, but how many that were here last week were in the second service? Two, three. Um, I, I'm, what I'm asking is I had, I've heard throughout this last week that there was three people that were healed um, during the time that the kids were praying for them. Um, so if it's, I'm going to ask the second service too. Um, was there anyone else that I haven't heard that when you came up and had the children praying for you that you got healed? Okay, so there's three that I've heard. I'm guessing there'll probably be, because since the kids prayed in the second service, um, majority will come out of there. But cool. Thank you very much. That was an exciting time. It is always awesome to hear that um, when you feel like the Lord's asking you to do something, that there's results from that. Amen? Amen. So, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to possibly wrap up the message to Philadelphia. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time there for a few reasons. This has um, been prophesied and spoken that, that we would fit in that, that um, picture of the churches of Philadelphia, and I believe that's true. And this is also just happens to be one of the, the best letters, the most encouraging, um, uplifting. This church was probably modeling what they were supposed to be doing better than any of the churches of that time. How many knows that might be a good model of a church if Jesus is writing letters to churches and says, hey, you guys got it going on. Hey, you guys are doing this right. You think maybe a church in this time, maybe I'd be paying attention to that letter. So we're going to spend a little more time probably in this one than, than all the others because I want to make sure we, we finish well. Amen. How many know it's not, as, it's not so important how you start, but it's really important how you finish. How many of you started things and it didn't start, start too swift? And sometimes with that, you're like, well, I know there's only really one direction we can go here. <laughs> I don't say it's too wise to ever say it can't get any worse. Um, yeah, don't do that. Um, but have your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And how many of when we have done that, you've seen things improve? You've seen, you know, this didn't start too great, but it's on an upward trend. Amen. And that's that's important. That's how um, we should our walk with the Lord should start. It should um, I believe it's in Proverbs says the, the way of the righteous is like the first gleaming of the dawn, ever increasing till the full light of day. Amen? So it should ever be increasing. We should ever be growing. We should ever be getting closer. We should ever be getting stronger. Amen? Even though there's opposition, and even though there's things that we're going to be faced with that are going to come against us, and they're going to try to pulverize us and pound us down, that's, that's not going to have any hindrance, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen? Because there's this hope of glory that resides inside of me. There's this supernatural force, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega that lives inside of me and is my source of strength. And he is the resurrected one. And that same power that raised Jesus from the grave resides in me. Amen? And resides in you. So no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Amen? Not because I say it, but because my Jesus says so. Amen? So, so in light of those... Um, he gets to this point in this letter, and he, and he starts off, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, and he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. Man, I'm so glad. He's got this thing covered. He's, he's closing things down, locking things down. He's opened things up. We're, yay. Amen. So don't try going and, and doing that work for him. But he has given us an ability and a power and authority to do some of that work. Are you hearing me? If he's locked it, leave it alone. If he's opened it, go through it. And if you see things that would fall into the line that he's given us the power and authority to, to open and bind and release, then go do that. Amen? That's what he's saying. He says, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, because you have a little power. And have kept my word and have not denied my name. That's so important. Behold, this basically means in light of that, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us. He says, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour also, of testing, 
or the hour of the testing, that hour which is about to come upon what? The whole world. To test who? Those who dwell upon the earth or identify with the earth, or that is, rather, they reject Christ. They reject, they reject that identity. They reject just being a sojourner who's passing through. You're setting your stakes in this earth, and you're invested in this earth, and I got a lot of stock in this place, and I'm not letting go of it. Amen. That ain't me. You can have this place. This world has got nothing for me. That's what a Christian looks like. You've counted the cost. What am I going to invest in? I can invest in this, or I can invest in this. But she said, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things. What, what are the things? All the things that you think you want. You're not going to get them here. Amen? which is about to come on the whole earth to test those who dwell upon the earth. Here's our main text today. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have in order that no one takes your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. That's good news. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this revelation. I'm coming quickly. I'm coming quickly. I'm coming tachyo. We feel that, don't we? Things are ramping up. Things are getting quicker and quicker and quicker, just like the Bible said it would. Technology is going quicker, 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 quicker. It is just, it is, if you understand what's really going on right now in this time, he's coming quickly. He's coming soon. Artificial intelligence is about to take over. Like, there is some crazy stuff that this world has conceived, and men are in charge of it. Do you feel safe with that? <laughs> Who's in charge of this world? Well, there's some power and authority that is Satan's on this earth. There's a man of lawlessness. The spirit of the Antichrist is, I believe, already running about. I think we can see that in our news media. Even that news. You see Seattle becoming like its own little, it was allowed to be its own country. Allowed to. Just anarchy reigned. All these cities around the United States just being destroyed, and no one's doing anything. That's lawlessness. There's a spirit behind that. The Bible tells us very plainly. It's the man of lawlessness. That's the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is behind those things. We're there. Amen? My stake's not in this planet. My, my stakes aren't in, like, well, everything's just going to get so much better here. No, it ain't. No, it's not. The glory of the Lord is going to shine brighter. The glory of the Lord is going to shine brighter. The children of the Most High are going to shine brighter. The power He's going to pour out in these last days is going to be greater. Hello? Are you guys listening to me today? I feel like there's like a, like a, a way where you, like a, it'll hit like in 10 minutes. And are you with me? Okay. There's a greater anointing that he's going to pour out on this earth because he says the latter wine shall be greater than the former. Amen? The latter shall be greater. He always saves the best wine for last. When everything's looking bleak, when everything's, oh, what are we going to do? There's no more wine. He's like, check this out. Go bring all those, those big watercrafts. You know how much, you know how many gallons those things held? They didn't bring enough wine. And he's like, check this out. This party's just getting started. Isn't that what that looks like? So I'm just going to go secular for a minute. You're at a wedding feast. The kegs are empty, and the cases of wine are out. And then, I don't even know, like, what's a great wine company? Come on, don't act like you're holy. 
I'm setting you up. You're like, I ain't saying a word. <laughs> He's taking notes. Whatever the greatest wine is, I don't really know. The truck shows up. Beep, 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 beep. The truck shows up with the kegs. Everyone there is going like, oh, wow. It's on. Like, these guys, they're, we're going to celebrate. That's what Jesus did in that hopeless moment. He said, hey, check it out. You know those cleansing jars? They hold a lot. Go grab all those. Go get all of them. Everyone that was all freaked out just went, oh, church. That's where we should be right now. You should be seeing, like, knowing, I know my God. I know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know as it gets looking bleak and hopeless here, oh, he's up to something. He's about to do a miracle. He's about to do what he said he would do. He's about to pour out his spirit on all flesh like never before. Sons and daughters and old men and young women and all of them. It's about to pop off. Because you know how I know that? Because the enemy is freaked out and knows he's raising a standard. He's going like, ooh, I'm going to freak people out, get everybody in fear. I'm going to get them to doubt God. I'm gonna... When he's scared, you should be excited. Because Jesus is on the throne and he's coming. And we know like greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And that same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Should we, about, should we be about his, our father's business in this time? Because like some of us are going to have to get out of the boat. I said that a few weeks back. I was, it was Just so you know, the Holy Spirit was pleading through me. I'm not mad at nobody. But sometimes there's such an urgency. Like you don't know the time that I'm spending away, the things that the Lord's showing me, that the, there's an urgency that will come upon me at times, an anointing, I would call it. And he's begging and pleading. And sometimes that's hard to watch. That I feel that, re- I feel that urgency, that he wants to do something in you. He wants to set people free. And he wants you to set other people free. And when there's not that response, it's like, get out of the boat. You hear me? I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just saying, church, the windows are closing. The ship is about to sail. There's only so much time. Amen? And Jesus wants to fill those jars. And none of that was in my notes. He wants to fill those jars. And they're getting filled. And he's going to need some people to come and drink and go, whoa, this is the best wine I've ever had. Come and try this. And don't go say, Pastor Steve preached the message that we're all supposed to start drinking wine. My gosh. That's between you and the Lord. He says, don't get drunk. But get drunk on the spirit. Yeah, I like that. Get drunk on the spirit. Woo, that means you might act a fool. You think he knew what he was saying? You think God's seen people drunk? You know what happens when you get drunk, right? You lose your inhibition. I dance, man. I I never, I don't dance. Used to be, well, it takes a few. Pretty soon, I'm dancing. (laughs) What happens when you get drunk in the spirit? You know, you don't care about no one else no more. You don't care about anything else anymore. That Holy Spirit overwhelms you and you go, Woo, I'm free. You start dancing on the table. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, a Holy Spirit can do that. I'm coming quickly. I don't know about you. This, this word right here should put, it, it, it really does. It puts two places. There's not a middle place. There's, when you hear that word, it's either yes or it's uh-oh. That word in itself puts you in like this side or this side. And I don't, I'm, you figure out which side that is. It's either a yes or uh-oh. I got some work to do. But he's saying I'm coming quickly. Guess what? This is an encouraging word to the church. This is an encouraging word to Philadelphia. 
I, I almost played this song, but I didn't want to get in trouble because last time I played a secular song, it ruffled some feathers. But I almost wanted to play, hold on. Hold on. I'm coming. Hold on. I'm coming. That should be like our anthem right now as the church. Like, like you should have a little pep in your step. You should be walking into places like, yeah, it's dark, but check it out. Don't you worry. Go home and listen to that song. He's coming. He's coming. Why y'all freaked out? Why y'all scared? It's the greatest day ever. If you're the church, our future's bright. It's so bright we should be having, by the way, I got your sunglasses. It's so bright we should be having to wear sunglasses. Squirrel. I'm coming quickly. That's a good thing. Some of us aren't used to this. And, and I saw this picture. That's why I put it. This, this was, the Holy Spirit talks to me weirdly, obviously. You can tell that. I saw this picture. It's like, he's saying, don't give up. Don't let go when things speed up. You hold on tighter and you get there quicker. Think about that. Anyone been in like a super fast car? I mean like crazy, stupid fast car. Like when it hits, it like launches you back. Like, you first thing you're like, I'm holding on to something, or a fast boat. Like, I've been in a stupid fast boat. Like, you start skipping. You're out of the water more than you're in the water. You're in a fast boat. And you're like grabbing for the bottom of the seat or something, like tuck your rear end in because I'm about to come out. Hold on. And don't be scared because the ride's about to get a little fun. Come on. I'm coming quickly. This whole book is going boom, boom, tachyo, tachyo, tachyo. That's that quickly. It's where we get our word tachometer. It's like, what? And a guy that likes speed, I like that. I like seeing that tack move. And if it moves fast, that's really good. Don't give up. Don't get freaked out by it. Don't let go as the speed starts picking up. You start holding on. You get on a roller coaster, it starts picking up speed, you go, oh, we're about to have a little fun here. I'm going to hold on a little bit. Hold on, I'm coming. Don't let go. Here's the beautiful thing about picking up speed. Tracy, I'm a sharp guy. The quicker you go, the quicker you get there. That should make you smile. How many like to go on a long trip, and you're like, you're going to caravan with some folks. Like, this is not fun for me. Like, I don't do this well. I learned many years ago. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and leave, and we'll, I'll catch you at a rest stop somewhere. We'll eat, and then by the time you get there, <laughs> you know, we can do whatever. But I don't want to have to ride on a slow-moving train. I like as things like, okay, cool. Like, let's go. Let's get there. Let's do this. Amen? That should be our, like, let's go. Let's do this. Like, here's what I know. The quicker we get after this business, the quicker we go do what we're supposed to do, the quicker we're going to get there. Amen. Read your Bibles. Read, read Romans. It's not even a time. It's a, it, he's coming back when the complete number of Gentiles has come in. You know what that means? It can speed up. That's what I believe. If we're about his business, and, and I don't know what that number is, but there's somehow, when it hits a, some number, he says, go get your bride. No man, that's why no man knows the day or the hour. Come on. Hey, you want to get up out of here? I know, I just can't wait to get up out of here. Then get off your tail and go, go share the gospel. Hey, that's a good message right there. I've grown up my whole life. Oh, I just, just can't wait till Jesus comes back. It's getting bad. Just come, Lord Jesus. Man, I don't think you even know the gospel. That means that there's a lot of people. You're, you're fine with yourself going, but you're okay with everyone else going to hell. How exciting was that? But if you really understand what's going on, you're going, 
come, Lord Jesus, and I'm going to go get as many as I can. I'm going to help you. <laughs> I'm going to go pack the car. Right? How many of you really want to go? You really want to go somewhere. People ain't moving quick enough. You start loading some stuff up. I do. I'm like, all right, then I'll get this stuff in the car then. Okay, what else we got to do? I'm going to go start the car, get it warmed up. Shoot, I'm going to wash the car, make sure it's clean. We'll get there faster, less resistance. <laughs> Ain't that what we do? Or you just sit there and, I really want to go somewhere really bad, but. Oh, just go ahead and just, just keep eating your cereal. It's okay. Don't get dressed. Shower. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you're like. Did you get in the car? Church. This is what we all need to be doing. We need to be looking at each other like, you know what? If you get off your rear and go start sharing the gospel, we get up out of here. We're going to be in this book for a long time. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? When you look in the mirror, you know, if you go do something, we might get up out of here. We keep wanting him to do it. He said, I've given you the keys. Drive that sucker. Put the keys in the ignition. Mash the gas. It's a beautiful thing. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. These are exciting times. Super exciting times. He goes on and he says, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have in order that no one take your crown. Wow. You know what that tells me? I'm super smart, Trace. It's a possibility for someone to take my crown. So he's saying, church, I love you. Stuff's going to start picking up, and oh yeah, hold fast. Make sure no one takes your crown. Don't let go of that. What crown are we talking about? The Greek word is the Stephanos. That was that wreath. You've seen it, you've seen it in movies. You've seen, they would take a lot of time. It didn't have to just be all, uh, like an olive tree limb, but a lot of times it was. It would be an olive tree, and they'd, they'd weave this thing. It was a gold, like a green-leafed crown. And it was a thing of honor. It was a victorious crown. They used to use this in the games, in the Olympic games, the Roman games. They would place that on the one that was the victor. They would also place it on those who were the kings or the rulers. They would come in. You'd see that. You'd see pictures of Caesar with, like, they would be, like, gold-looking ones. So victorious or kings, those would be placed. He's saying, don't let no one take that. He's saying, don't lose your victory. He's saying, it's going to get quick, run with endurance, don't let no one take your crown. Don't get, don't, and also, you'd have to play by the rules. Don't get thrown out of the game for not following the rules. This is the race. This is the lane. This is the distance. If I don't want to do that, I'm going to go that way. <laughs> Yellow flags. Penalty. Technical. You're out the race. You didn't finish the laps. Don't let no one steal your crown. This was a badge of royalty, a prize of triumph in the public games. It was a prize of triumph in front of people. Hear me, church. Yeah, there's some opposition. Yeah, there's some obstacles. Yeah, there's some wrestling, some fighting going on. People are watching. People are watching. They need to see victorious. They need to see there's a Christ in you. They need to see you finish that lap. They need to see you end well. They need to see you glorified and honored and that, that crown placed on you. Amen? John chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, it said, So Pilate then took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. 
and put a purple cloak on him. Now, you know what? I've looked at that passage of Scripture so many times. And I, all I always saw was just the crown that Pilate is mocking him for being a king. But, oh, what a prophetic thing that was. What a prophetic thing that was. They don't even know what they were doing. You know what Jesus said on the final things on the cross? What was the last words he said on the cross? It is finished. You know what, that, you know what he was saying? It's the same thing Paul said as he's seen his life wrapping up. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. It is finished. It is paid in full. I didn't, I didn't stop short. I finished well. They put a crown on his head. And they thought they were mocking him as a crown of thorns. And all that shows me is he's saying, hey, church, don't lose your crown. I got mine. He led us. He showed us how to do it. Was it easy? Did the glory get brighter? Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. His brother wrote this, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith, this is the Amplified, through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect results and do a thorough work so that you may be what? Perfect. That's fully mature and completely developed in what? In your faith. Not lacking anything. Finish strong. Finish strong. Cast off whatever might be slowing you down. Cut ties with whatever's dragging you down. They used to run naked. Now, don't, another thing, I didn't tell you to get drunk and I didn't tell you to get naked. That's how bad they wanted to win. That's how bad they went. I don't want nothing to slow me down. That's how they ran their races. That's how they wrestled. That's when I got out of wrestling. <laughs> James 1.12. Jesus' brother once again says, Blessed, which means happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God, is the man who, what? Is steadfast under trial, and what? Perseveres. Perseveres. We got too many quitters today. Too many people. It starts getting rough. I'm out. But he said something I didn't like. I'm out. Don't, let, don't ever let a man keep you out of the kingdom of God. Or a woman. Or a message. Or a prophet. Or an evangelist. Like None of that's going to be a good excuse when you stand before the Lord. Blessed is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown, the Stephanos crown. The crown of life, which the Lord has promised to who? To those who love him. He said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. If you love me, play by the rules. Come on. Ephesians chapter 6. This might mean a little more than to us today. We're doing it in the Amplified. Remember, Jesus won the crown. In conclusion, this is Paul. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. Little power, little union. Come on. You want a lot of power? Get in a lot of union with him. We're supposed to remain in him and he'll remain in us. Amen? And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God. For his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier. So that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. It doesn't say 
so that you can successfully sit on your tail while the enemy is kicking the snot out of you and everyone else around you that you love. That's not what that read. So that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes. What schemes? All of them. What strategies? All of them. What deceits? All of them. From who? Of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces. Against the world forces. Woo! He trusts us, don't he? You should be looking at yourself. You look, at, look at the person next to you and go, man, Christ in me is a bad man. It's a bad man right there. Don't mess with the Jesus in me. Come on. Hey, if you got Christ in you, and you know who you are, and you got that armor on, you're a bad man. Because he let a little boy David go without no armor and take out a giant. He's like, check this out. I got armor for you. I got some weapons. I got some tools for you. And here's the plan. Go take on world forces. Come on. Therefore. <laughs> I love that therefore. What's it there for? What did we just read? Therefore, put on the what? Complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist. Ooh, there's that word. I said that under the anointing a while back. Church, we need to resist. We need to resist. We should be a people that are resisting in this culture and everything that's going on today. No, I resist that. You got to do this, this, or this. Nope, I resist. Start getting good at resisting. Because you know what? You, re you resist the devil and he will flee from you. You're like, well, pastor, that doesn't sound too Christian-like. Your word. Read your word. Jesus didn't agree and patty cake the devil. Jesus didn't agree and patty cake sickness and death and disease. He didn't agree with it. He cast it out. He didn't agree with the demonic forces that would try to shut, stop the gospel. He said, get behind me, Satan. The church has no power because the church don't resist. If you're spending time in union with him, you're going to see him telling you, resist. That's why, that's why we opened back up. I couldn't stand it no more because the Holy Spirit and the God inside of me is going, what are you doing? Open up. This is why you're here. And I got to, had to count the cost. And so are you. You're going to have to count the cost. I'm not going to tell you we're not. Church, you're going to have to count the cost. Who do you want to please? Are you going to be called faithful? Are you going to be called, are you going to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Are you going to get the crown for finishing well? Because you know what? There's been all kinds of people before us that finished well in a real hard, real hard climax, real hard culture, real hard circumstances. It says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies, and they loved not their own life, even unto death. That's finishing well, ain't it? It's finishing well in my book. It's finishing well in my book. And I pray to God I have the strength to do that someday. If I have to. I'm not looking forward to it. Like, here. But if it ever comes to it, I pray to God that, that the God in me and the strength in me, the, the preparation, the union that I've spent with him, there will be enough of that spirit that he will empower me to be able to walk through that with a smile on my face. Because you know what? He did it for me. He got his crown. And he's saying, hey, don't, let, don't lose your crown. Don't forget. Don't lose your crown. Finish well. Finish well. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, which is personal integrity. Tighten that up, church. 
Tighten it up. Tighten it up. Moral courage. You know what that tells me? If I don't have personal integrity, I don't have moral courage. How are you going to have moral courage if you don't, have, you don't even have personal integrity? Amen. We have a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to die for you, Jesus. Oh, I'll die for you. He's saying, how about you live for me? Don't get it twisted. If you can't live for me, you'll never die for me. Well, that's a good word. I ain't mad at nobody. Personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. That's what holds everything together. Don't tell me about your shield, your faith. If you're running around naked. I got faith. I'm about to put some clothes on. That's kind of silly. With some more integrity. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. He, this is worded that, like, you're actually, like, you've done that. Of course you would put on the breastplate of righteousness. Whose righteousness are you putting on? I ain't putting mine on. Mine's filthy rags. You can have that breastplate. That ship, no, that thing don't stop nothing. Filthy rags. What are you going to stop those bullets with? I got into some amazing filthy rag setup. Just check it out. That's how stupid people look when we try to, like, our pride, bring in my righteousness to flaming arrows. No, his righteousness. Putting on his righteousness as a, brass, as a breastplate. Because he's given it to me. Amen? Having strapped onto your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. That's good. Having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace. The gospel of what? Peace. In preparation to face the enemy. That means like as I'm putting on my shoes, I'm putting them on knowing I'm going to face the enemy. I'm going to war. I'm strapping those suckers on. I'm not just like some slippers. Eh, I'm going to go downstairs, maybe pet the dog. Yep, we're good. Where is this devil? I'm about to drop some peace. It's all jacked up over there. Let's go drop some peace. Amen? I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to look like. I'm just saying. You think Roman soldiers walked around like cowardice? They weren't really sure, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with this thing. I don't know. Is it for spreading butter? No, they trained. That's a bad army right there. This is, the, this is what he's looking at. Using that analogy. He's seeing soldiers every single day, Roman army that conquered the world. These guys are no joke. He's saying, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to dress. This is how I want you to act. Not like cocky, like I'm a bad man, but you should have a confidence in who your God is and the weapons that you have. And you should have been able to use them enough that you go, oh, that's how this thing works. Oh, I see flaming darts coming in. There's a bunch. Hey, guys, let's gather around. You got your shields up? Let's keep going forward. Oh, it's getting noisy. It's scary out there. Yeah, let's just keep going forward. I've been here before. Those giants are going to fall. Those demons are coming down. Come on. You encourage yourself. You come together 
and you encourage yourself. You build yourself up. You're out there by yourself. You're scared. I don't know what I'm going to do. The enemy's having a field day. You can't do squat. And then you come around your brothers and sisters, and you're like, hey, remember that sword you got? Why don't we pull that sucker out? Hey, remember 10 years ago when you cut the head off that thing? Let's do that again. Hey, I know this other guy. He's a specialist in this area. Like, let's get him too. Wouldn't you do that? Like, or would you be like, I've never done any of that before, but here we go. Now, thank God he's pretty awesome and he's going with you and he'll help you through some of that, but he also gives you a brain. It's like, hey, this person's actually walked through here before. Maybe we should hang out with them and maybe we might learn something. Maybe they'll help us go. Hey, what do you think? Have you done that? Yeah, I've done that. How'd it work out? Jesus went with us. We won. I want you on my team. Because you know what? There's times that even me, I go, whoa, those suckers are big. Ooh, that's dark. I might need one of you to go, hey, Pastor Steve, I remember you standing on that pulpit. I remember you preaching that word. I remember you saying, greater is he that is in us than he's in the world, so let's go get him. <sighs> Come on. You think I'm Superman? No. I'm not. But I'm what you call a believer. Flaws and all. Come on. I've been through some things. I know what it's like to go fight naked. It don't work out too well. It hurts. It'll leave a mark. It says, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many? All. Lift up that shield that, so that you can extinguish all. That's good armor right there. That's better than filthy rags. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests. What do you want? Tell God what you want. Put your armor on and then tell him what you want specifically. At all times, on every occasion and in every season. Wow, that's really good. There's a lot of alls, everys, every. At all times, on every occasion and in every season, pray in the spirit. <laughs> Are we praying in the spirit enough? All times, every occasion, every time, every event. I am not praying in the Spirit enough, and I pray in the Spirit quite a bit. It's not nearly enough. You know why we do that? You pray in the Spirit, you're heavenly, it builds you up. It builds you up. It builds you up. How many of you need to be built up in this day and age? Pray in the Spirit. Put your armor on. Put your boots on. Put that truth on. Put your integrity on. Put the helmet of salvation on. Take your sword and pray in the Spirit on every, in every single occasion that there is. And build yourself up in your most holy faith. Is this stuff sounding a lot more real today than ever before? Like, do you see yourself like, yeah, we're, we're linking up, getting ready to go to war. Yeah, that's why I'm preaching this. And with this in view, <laughs> it's a lot in view, with this in view, stay alert. With all perseverance again, all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for who? All God's people. And Paul even said, pray for me. Pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation for which I am an ambassador in chains, and pray that I am proclaiming it, I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. 
Paul is not so prideful to think, like, I've been down this road before. Check it out. Y'all just check, check me out. Watch me how I do it. He's saying, pray for me. Pray for me that, I, that I, I'm in jail right now for it. Pray for me that I stay strong. Pray for me that I'm still bold. Pray for me that as it comes that, I, that I'm still bold. I'm still preaching the gospel. Come on, church. None of us are supermen. Yes, he lives inside of me. But yes, I'm a man. And I can get weary and even doing good. This is not the time to let off the gas. This is the time to hold on. This is the time to don't lose your crown. Don't let go. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 10 says, don't waste time. This is Paul speaking to young minister Timothy. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, now you know what that can mean? This is going to shake some bushes. Paul's telling Timothy, don't waste time with godless ideas. That would be like church programs that God ain't even in. Hey, don't waste time with all that nonsense. Don't waste time with, is, is, it, is God in it? Then don't waste time with it. Did God inspire it? No, then don't do it. Church, that's like stripping down some things, ain't it? Is it profitable? Is it going to send people to hell? Is it going to send people to Jesus? Is it going to produce fruit? If it ain't, get rid of it. Did God inspire it? If it wasn't God inspired, then why are we doing it? Then why are you doing it? And this church is going to be a model of that. Did God inspire it? What are we building on? What's our plan going forward? Is he leading it? If he's not leading it, then why are we doing it? Let's get rid of these godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to what? Be godly. Who's supposed to do that? Am I supposed to do that for you? I'm to equip you, but you're supposed to train yourselves. That's another really good word. Someone say amen. <laughs> Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. We got to get so, and don't get me wrong, if you're working out, great. That's awesome. I'm not against that. Like, your body is the temple. But how, what this tells me is promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. That's what godliness does. Once again, are, are, your benefit, are you concerned with the benefits of this world? Are you concerned with the benefits of the real world, the eternal world? So he's saying, let go of stuff. Don't waste time in these arguments. Don't waste time in stuff that's godless. Don't, yeah, physical exercise is good, but train yourself in godliness, church. Train yourself in godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. That means no one should be able to argue that. And yet, we don't see much of it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God. Who? In the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Yay! Like, particularly, he's the savior of us. We're the believers. We're the church. Yay! And we're out of time. You got one point today. One point. <laughs> Who knows what the second service will get. The next one was good, too. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple. These people were constantly having to come and go and out because the things were shaking. They had, he's like, there's some Greek words in there that are good. I was going to share, but we don't have time. Here's the rest of this. This is such a good word. If, if you haven't, if you've kept that word of perseverance, that I'm coming quickly is, is a hallelujah. Amen. If you've been putting on those shoes and putting on the truth and you've been trained in godliness and you're, and he says, hey, I'm coming quickly. Hold on to your crown. You're like, yeah. And you're like, watch this. I haven't yet begun to run hard. Like, oh, you're coming quickly? Shoot, I'm going to definitely get more busy. Now, hear me on saying getting busy. I'm not talking about just busying yourself so that, like, you're not spending time with your family. You're not doing. Those are first priorities. Husbands, 
You're the priest of your home. Act like it. Train your family in godliness. Be the example. Sit time aside and read the word and teach him the word. You should be able to say, this is, that, this is what our household, this is what we're going to do. This is why I hear God speaking to us as a family. I challenge you. We're taking Facebook and getting rid of it for at least a month. It'll probably be a lot longer than that. Like, just goodbye. And you know what? It's not me making them. We just bring out some things. I ask the kids, so what do you guys think? Like, what would you do? If you were a parent today, what would you do? Like, and you know they're wrestling with it. I probably wouldn't let my kids have it. Okay, cool. Let's do this for a month. And you know what? I'm like, dang, that means no, like, Facebook marketplace. <laughs> Looking at stuff I'm probably not going to buy. You do you. You do what the Holy Spirit tells you. I'm, I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit tells me. Amen? So husbands, be the priest of your home. Amen? Be the priest of your home. Then realize there's a whole world full of people all around you. There's souls all around you. And they need Jesus. He's coming quickly. And he has given us, it's not just a suggestion. It's called the Great Commission. And it comes with authority. Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. They're not made yet. We're working on it. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's going to be a, a, a banner hanging down there. Another one over there. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The third one, go in all the world and make disciples. It's going to say, love God, love people, real big, go. I'm simple. Remember, keep it simple, stupid, or keep it simple, Steve, however you want to do it. Love God, love people, go. We don't need to be concerned with anything else. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself and go in the world and make disciples. We ain't got time for anything else. What else we got time for? It's kumbaya? No. What else we got time for? What else is more important than those? First greatest commandment. Seconds like it. Great commission. I'm pretty sharp, Trace. Three greats. I'm dumb enough to think that that might be the things that God asks us when we stand before him. Did you love me with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Did you love your neighbor as you loved yourself? Did you go when I told you to? Let's take communion together. Come and get your communion. Did you already get it? Good.